The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. Kia ora friends, I'm Joanna Santa Barbara bringing you an eco postcard. Each week I send you a small snapshot of a few things going on in our beautiful world. Some of them are troubling stories of climate damage through excessive human impact on the biosphere, and some of them are uplifting stories of restoration. I hope these accounts help you find your own pathway of protection of the people and planet you love. So we are starting today with with an interesting idea um, and a fairly, fairly radical <laughs> idea that's uh, come out of the um, area of geosystems science at the Univers- University of Oxford, <clears throat> which has a, a quite well-known climate scientist at the head of its department, Miles Allen. And he is suggesting that fossil fuel companies should be forced to take back the carbon dioxide emitted from their products um, and hand, handing to them directly the responsibility for cleaning up the climate. And this is following the principle of polluter pays. Uh, if you make a mess, you have to clean it up. <clears throat> uh, so says Miles Allen to the fossil fuel companies. He says the technology exists and what has always been lacking is effective policy to demand that they do it. Um, the companies profit from extracting fossil fuels, that is oil, gas and coal, around the world and they should be paying for an equivalent um, qu- quantity of carbon dioxide to be stored geologically as a condition of being allowed to operate, he argues. Um, Now, this is not quite as simple as it sounds. Certainly the the principle is one that uh, I can strongly sympathize with. uh, And indeed, I could see myself supporting it. However, um, the, the state of the technology for storing carbon is in an extremely low state of development. Uh, it has never been done at scale and there, there is very little move uh, to adopt the technology that exists and it's incredibly expensive. Of course, it, it also takes carbon carbon intensive energy to actually do it, to pump the uh, carbon dioxide underground and to make the pipes to do it and so on. Uh, so it's it's not something that I mean it, it it would mainly act I think by making uh, fossil fuels uh, really really expensive if the, those who produce them uh, have to pay to put it back in the ground uh, then uh, coal oil and gas would become far more expensive than they are today, which one might say would be a good thing um, because it would be a major deterrent against using them. Anyway, it's it's an interesting idea following through on a good principle of polluter pays 
and I, I hope the idea gets some currency. Moving on to um, a, a very interesting example of climate action in Holland. <clears throat> I think this is very interesting because the, the uh, parallels with the problem of livestock agriculture in New Zealand are very strong. Um, the Netherlands is a country that um, has, has a very big uh, meat and dairy industry. It exports a great deal of what it produces. Uh, the Netherlands claims um, quite similarly to New Zealand that that its uh, meat and dairy produce is uh, much less carbon intensive than anywhere else. Sound familiar? Um, and the industry is feeling very stressed. So what's happening there? Um, the limiting factor, whereas the the major issue in New Zealand is methane production and how much that contributes to our greenhouse gas profile, uh, in, in the Netherlands, it's nitrogen pollution that's the limiting factor, because that doesn't mean that they're not worried about, worried about methane. However, there is a European Union law protecting unique natural areas, and this law is being broken by nitrogen pollution from meat and dairy farms. Of course, this is also a very big issue in New Zealand with our streams, rivers and lakes uh, undergoing severe nitrogen pollution. Uh, the Netherlands government um, has decided that it has reached peak meat and dairy and they've set aside money to buy out the worst polluting farms over the next years. This, of course, is distressing for all, all concerned, um, but it's recognised that, that it can't go on, um, that tech solutions aren't the answer, fewer livestock numbers are the answer. Um, so the buyouts... Uh, Will, will proceed, it's, there's a plan for buyouts of the most high polluting farms. This is distressing for all concerned um, and the farmers aren't taking it sitting down, they're protesting about it. Now interestingly, this, this is a measure that has been used in New Zealand, in the North Island, there have been some buyouts. Um, to to deal with um, pollution in Lake Taupo, I think. Um, but one way or another, uh, pollution costs the government and the people over many years. Buyouts are costly, but they're relatively quick and they're also entirely long-lasting solutions. Um Interest, just very interesting, I think, for, for us in this country um, where the problems are, are comparable, if not identical. Okay, here is another strong-minded solution to, to uh, climate problems. 
And this one is closer to home. It's in New, New South Wales, where the New South Wales Environmental Watchdog, which is called the Environmental Protection Authority, uh, has released what it calls Australia's most comprehensive plan to regulate carbon emissions. It's going to require companies to show how they will hit net zero by 2050. And it's encouraging them to improve resilience in a warming world. Not sure what that means, but it's in there in this new policy. Um, so this has just been released and it will identify what progress is already underway by companies that are now covered by pollution licenses. Um, people who are already licensed uh, because they're carbon intensive uh, will be given a mandatory survey to show how they're contributing to the New South Wales government climate change uh, objectives. Uh, with with some quite stringent targets. For example, they need to cut emissions by 70% by 2035. Um, so they have to, the companies have to prepare their own climate change mitigation and adaptation plans and they have to show that they're progressing over time. Um, this, another very interesting feature of this is that it was triggered by a legal case brought before the state's land and environment court uh, a couple of years ago by the bushfire survivors for climate action um, who argued that the Environmental Protection Authority had a duty uh, to develop objectives to protect the environment from climate change. All very fascinating indeed. I must say there are some pretty encouraging moves afoot across the world to take the issue seriously and act fast. I'm Joanna Santa Barbara and this has been an Eco Postcard. Eco Postcards is Monday afternoons 3.30 p.m. and Saturday mornings 9.45 a.m. Till next week, bye for now. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the Top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.